Good morning, midday, afternoon, nighttime, whatever time you're listening to us. This is Drunk Scussions. Today I'm joined with Logan and Paul. Logan, what you drinking on today, buddy? Um, I'm actually, I need to get a drink, actually. Oh, fair enough, actually. Paul, what you drinking on, actually? Uh, some mellow corn and ball blast. Oh, and uh, by the way, my name is Connery. Uh, I am drinking on a mixture of Kirkland Hard Seltzer and Grey Goose Vodka, because why the fuck not? Oh, what a fucking surprise. Not again. Yeah, I know. Uh, look, I actually have not talked to you guys in basically a week, right? I know. It was quite irritating. We were trying to play and shit, and I was like, oh, he's just going to ignore us. I was just, dude, I've been busy. I got a man cave I'm designing. I got a baby on the way. Shit's crazy. It looks good, by the way, behind you. You finished your little triangles, whatever those are. Yeah, no, I'm, I've been working vigorously in this room <laughs> uh, just to get it comfortable so I can escape from a little hellion and my wife. And four dogs. And four dogs and a cat. So, um, yeah, no, it's been, a, it's been a crazy week. How's your week? You're, you're going to be, uh, what, 22 years old in three days? <laughs> no, not. I am going to be turning, I have to think, holy shit. 27 27 or 28 i don't know i lost i I don't even keep track anymore i just say fuck it not 30 i know that not 30 like we're getting close though aren't we bud i know oh Um, my god it's coming up fast i'll be 28 so you'll be 27 okay something that's terrifying it is yeah scary shit's starting to turn gray on me and i don't even have a kid yet oh just wait your hair it's going to disappear no it's just my pubes no, they'll, they'll pop out of your nose and your ears, and I can't wait for that little hellion to pull your, one of your nose hairs one day. I'll sneeze on it, and then, boom, COVID-2035 pops out. I mean, he's going to put more and worse bodily fluids onto you, so... Have you ever been shit on, Paul? On my dog, what? not by not by a child, no. What about you, Logan? Have you ever been shit on or any, any sort of fecal or urine matter? By my chameleon? He's like, he's like yeah, I get peed on. I get peed on all the time. No, my chameleon pooped on me. A chameleon. But aside from a, that. I've had babies, hamsters, fucking a deer. A deer's pissed on me. That shit ain't good. Dorito? Shit on you? To Dorito? Yeah, Dorito. That's why we named him Dorito, because Dorito... Oh, okay, it's not a Dorito. What is that? Um, what was it? A hamster? It was a hamster, because he peed on his hands and he smelled like Doritos. Yes, and that's why we called him Dorito. I know I've already told the story about Dorito getting flamed off the roof, so... Sad yeah. story, sad story. Sad story. Let's take a shot to Dorito, pour one out for the homies, and let's roll that intro. What happened was, we were, we got caught up in a drunk discussion, and then he burned the bacon. Well, we talk about everything, and know nothing. You know what I mean? So it's, it kind of seems like a win-win-win. Here's Gerald! Come everybody, I'm dead! <laughs> Just draw a dick on it. It's not offensive. It's a dick. Everyone's got a dick nowadays. You tell me more, because I don't know anything about it. Oh, Flapper's a 1920s dancer, you motherfucker. Um, got a lot of bagels. I like my bagels. Chug 30. Cheers. Salute. I mean, this shit's free, right? Monday morning. Time on in. Discussions. The Eagle has landed. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, yeah, so there's been a bunch of shit in the news, right? Everything from what to do in the event of a nuclear attack, what to do when you've got a hernia, and also 
the JWST images, James Webb Space Telescope, uh, which is probably, at least for the past three years, the most exciting thing that's actually happened in the news. Uh, I think we could realistically all agree to that, and we can all make assumptions about what we're assuming is in these images. And one of them, uh, what they released, what, six images in total? Um, whether that be of galaxies, um, what, trillions of galaxies? So many. The pictures are mind-bottling. To give you guys examples, so if you type in JWST, right, you type it into Google, you're going to be met with a few images it's taken. To put it into perspective, the biggest image there is fucking massive on the grand scheme of things, right? So you'll see a bunch of things that kind of look like stars, what you are thinking of stars to be with little spikes popping off. That right there is just refraction of light because of the disks that are on the uh, JWST. The craziest thing about it is those ones that are having those refractions are actually close stars, <laughs> like close and like what, 40, 40 light years type of deal. Um, everything behind it, all of those dots, all of those swirling looking images are galaxies that you're looking at, which is nuts. And to put it in a better perspective, if you were to take a grain of sand, right, and hold it out in front of you, that is the amount of sky that that James Webb Space Telescope has taken a photo of. Virtually nothing, which is mind-boggling. And uh, I just, it gets me turned on. What can I say? My chest hair is standing at attention right now, just thinking about it. Yeah, the, the pictures are, are, are incredible, honestly. Um, and the, didn't it take some photos of similar areas that the Hubble did as well, just in better clarity and more depth? Yeah, so there's different layers on this camera from what I'm just from what I've researched. Uh, you have, of course, the infrared, right? Um, that's seen infrared light. And um, you've also got a whole bunch of other pixelating qualities that are being applied to this to get better quality images. So, for example, you'll see a image of uh, what are you looking at there, Logan? That one is the Southern Ring Nebula. So the Southern Ring Nebula, when it was originally taken on the Hubble telescope, you saw this star in the middle of it. Well, with the James Webb Space Telescope, you see a basically a um, what do they call it? a by not by byproduct of an explosion is no it? no it you, is see, you see um, a twin a twin star so it's basically two of the same stars right next to each other which is it's been theorized in the past but the actual getting photos of it is just it's such a turn on like the moment these images came out i went to james webb space telescope's website i downloaded a high quality image and i was like this is my fucking screensaver this is so beautiful that it just exists you yeah, know? you you can't tell me you look at that and you're like oh it's just a grain of sand in this far distance and you're like looking at all of these universes and going yeah 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 we're alone in this if you put it in that perspective, right? You know how they say if you're an astronaut and you're in the ISS, the International Space Station, and you're looking down and you take a photo of the Earth, you just took a photo of, what, a billion people jerking off, right? I wonder how many aliens in these photos we just got on camera. Brilliant. 4K, 4K resolution jerking <laughs> off, you know? Got you in 4K, bitch. Brilliant. What's, what's your thoughts on it, Logan? I know you're kind of blown away by it right now. Yeah, I'm actually kind of in shock. I, I mean, I've seen the photos, but I haven't had a chance to look at them um, in great detail. I, I talked to my boss about it today, and we had a little chat about just how beautiful the images are. But like looking into it and reading what I'm looking at as well at the same time, 
is is pretty astonishing. Everything that we're able to learn from all the details in these photos that we missed out on before. What's the one you're looking at right now where it's like half I'm I'm colorblind as shit. It's almost like an orangish hue and it looks like a cloud. It's like isn't that like part of that giant cluster that they call like the hands of God or whatever and it's like massive. So that's a, a Carina nebula. Carina nebula. Yeah. Yeah. This so the, the Carina nebula, nebula is essentially where stars are being born. It's a bunch of dust and molecules and black holes that are basically growing stars. It's it's birthing stars. Um, now the, what was it? The fingers, the fingers of God or whatever it used to be called back in the history books. Uh, that is a, that is a Hubble, um, image, right? That you guys are all kind of looking at. But until now, these cosmic sparkles and details that were completely hidden from our view due to the thick dust and crowds surrounding them weren't available until the James Webb Space Telescope was able to take an infrared camera to it. Um, the cool thing about it is if you are looking at this image, right? You see dust and you see what is sky. That is essentially 18 trillion light years in length, right? The actual cloud, if you were to take a full photo of it, 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 it it's asinine how big it is. It is in length like 230 um, trillion light years in length, which is just Fucking, fucking mind-boggling. I mean, you could take a photo, and and what sucks though is while you're seeing these stars being birthed, there's probably there's probably stars collapsing, right? There's probably things that we can't see because we're we're picturing it from right here, right now, type of deal. Um, that's happening past, right? So everything we're seeing has already happened billions of years in the past. Yeah. Like we're, we're observing, I think 13.2 billion years into the past, which is essentially the creation of the universe and, and the, like the infinite universe itself is always expanding, but it's expanding at the rate that we can observe it. Um, and this is just stuff that I've kind of taken in. The cool thing about it though, is there's 4,000 exoplanets just in these images that they're able to monitor um, and they've they've said, yeah, there's clouds, there's moisture, there's oxygen content. Four thousand exoplanets that they've observed. Yeah, they're light years out, but this is something that just God, it fucking turns me on. Like it, it, it kind of makes like I know I probably won't see our, uh, I probably won't see this in my generation, right? None of us will see this in our generation getting into. The, uh, exploring yeah. other exoplanets unless they find some you know cure to death um, I hope they don't please don't if you're a scientist and you're like I found the fountain of youth fucking just shove it up your ass I don't want it I'm ready to go um, but with that being said uh, no I think it'd be really cool that we get uh, at least to be able to travel to these observable exoplanets I think it would be really fucking cool it's just the pictures that are they're even getting right now if you think about it, what was the Hubble was launched in the 80s, right? Mm -hmm. um, so in 40 years. So imagine 40 years from now at the rate that technology is going where we're going to be at in the sense of being able to observe. Um, uh, being able to observe and being able to explore is two massive different things, right? We can observe the bottom of the ocean, but we can't explore it. Um, you know, it's still getting on grave detail. We've gone to, you know, deep points, but like with the challenger deep, right. But like, we only saw what, I think it's like a, a 10 foot radius at the bottom of it. Like nothing. Yeah. And and the thing is, is like, you're having to observe it in 
perpetual darkness, right? You throw out a light and everything that is observable kind of disappears. It's like, oh, a light. I don't like that. I'm going away. Bye-bye. And usually you're you're sinking down, and you, I know they have to, like, hit the bottom or get near the bottom. They hit all that dust, and then they have to wait, and half their time is waiting for the dust to settle. And by the time they're ready to view stuff, it's like, all right, we have to go back up. Well, uh, that is on the... And I kind of see where drones, you know, are kind of going to be the, the biggest thing that we have on our side for observation, at least in my mind, you know. Drones, whether that be a, um, what is it, um, aqua drone? I don't know what the fuck sure. they call it. Yeah, you know, drones that can go underwater. Um, whether Submersible? That a, yeah, that's it. Submersible drones, um, something that can go through the water, whether, you know, be able to take photos. And I think they could, I definitely think they can use radio waves down there, but the problem is, is whales, you know, everything uses, you know, in the deep uh, echolocation. and. Um, not echolocation, similar to that. They use sonar, uh, pretty much. Sonar, yeah. Sorry, I got. Oh, I'm getting teary eyed looking at these photos, and they're so they're so beautiful. Anyways, so yeah, what's that say? Even so, today, what? So this oh, is, you have that one. Yeah, I'm looking at the photo of Stevens Quintet here. That top from, one is actually a black hole. Yeah, this is like if you look at these. It, first off, it's beautiful and happy accident. All of these. Our galaxies. You can see if you zoom in closer, which is absolutely nutty, but this is a close-up view of, I believe, uh, yeah, so we've got five different ones here, and this is two right next to each other. And the one in the top here, they're saying, is a supermassive black hole. Drink, Paul. Oh, everyone, drink. I'm, I'm having it's a good time. Active galactic nucleus. 24 million times the mass of the sun, so that's fun. So, like, my thing is, is, like, we're seeing this little area. Wait till we turn it on something that we, like, we want to see, like the Andromeda galaxy. And we see, like, in close, you know, detail, the vast amount of planets and the, literally the next closest galaxy to us. Uh, where we think, I mean, there's there's multiple planets where we think that, like, hey, they can they can form or sustain life, if not life for us. You know what's crazy? The Andromeda galaxy is only 2.5 a million light years away from us right Right. we're viewing trillions right and like i don't know like if so i know they have the the hubble or not the hubble the james webb space telescope basically in a fixed spot in space that isn't really being impacted by gravitational force um or orbiting things like that how like the iss since it's closer to the earth sorry it has to um orbit right um or fall into earth uh so i don't know which way i guess you could say the andromeda galaxy is where they could observe it but yeah i mean the fact they're getting this much detail that far out imagine what they could get on if they focus the cameras at something closer now the only thing though is if you think about it on a focal point right so if you're a photographer you always get the bokeh that's kind of the mindset you have to have when you're seeing what is observed as stars in um, a biblical senses, right? You have the stars with the six points, right? Um, what I'm wondering is what, if, if they're not having the uh, JS, uh, JWST focused at something closer, is that because it's not able to? Like they can't focus the aperture towards something like that? I'm wondering like if that's, I don't know. I haven't researched into it, but... 
I mean, like I think maybe what they were more interested in was a deep field like this image that I have up here. It's just so, so that fucking can, stupid. Like, like, what are we looking at? You know what I mean? You're like, looking what, at galaxies, just thousands of them. Oh, there's more it than is. just thousands. Because, like, you, you you see the galaxies that you can see. Like, you see the swirls and everything. There's thousands of ones behind it. And those are also galaxies. This yeah. is just, it's crazy to me looking at this. Because, honestly, like, I can't even fathom the vastness of it in you that. Like it looks so, like someone came and and painted this, or like and it, like these stars almost look like stickers. Like someone, this is right. It, so it, it looks. Almost if you look at the so hexagonal, if you look at the hexagonal, um, McGonagall, um, yeah, hexagonal um, discs that are on the JWST, that would explain why you're seeing those six or nine or sorry, eight points. Six and then the two smaller ones on the middle. So that's basically the two smaller ones on the side there. That's essentially the center point of where those 18 discs meet up. Um, and then all of them are kind of focused in. But if you look at it in the sense of like a bokeh, if you know what, like, you know how if you have a subject up close, it's super detailed and behind it, it's blurred. Well, you take the opposite where they're focusing deep into it and everything close to you is blurred right that blur is now right. correlating into um the light splitting off because of the way the way the array is set um so that's that's something that's just just it kind of gets you emotional when you think about it because you're looking at so much in the sky in the sense of even where they're looking at though it's so minuscule in a sense of what we can observe if we were to walk outside and look up. It you know? makes you just feel small. Like looking yeah. at these images just make you feel small. Like if you have six inches, you're literally nothing. But <laughs> anyways, <laughs> how do we top drink that? to that? Um, yeah, I'll drink to that. <laughs> no, I mean, it, looking at it too, though, it, it's also, it makes you think that obviously like, you have to consider space time, like what you were saying earlier about this all being in the past. Okay, awesome. We know what's we have a better idea of what's out there, but what does that mean if we travel there right now? We'll well, go. We different. could go there right now, and nothing is as it is as on the symmetry. Agreed. Nope. Nothing. So it'd be thirteen, uh, thirteen billion years in the past, right? Unless yeah. we can travel at like light speed, even like light Star speed Wars type stuff, and we're still behind then, but. I mean, light speed would take you, what, a year in Earth's perspective to travel Here, one light year? Here's another perspective, right? The planet Earth, the planet we live on right now, is only 4.4 billion years old. Yeah, we're nothing. Nothing. But, but you're also, the, the thing about it is, when you're looking at that image, so if you go to the image where you're looking at everything in one giant broad view, um, not that image... I think it's the first one. It was the first image JWST released, that one right there. So you see where that blur is right there? Yeah. Right where your your cursor is. Yeah. Is it kind of? So what you're seeing there is essentially a giant gravitational field that is merging, kind of doing a lens flare back at us, right? So imagine a giant globe of gravitational mass that is warping time and space. Yep, that giant circle that you're outlining right now. 
that is a globe, basically a lens looking back at us of just galaxies being there and forming a gravitational field. And we're observing it. Uh, this I mean, has been observed in the Hubble, just not at this detail. And yeah, and when Hubble did it, we were all like, oh, you know what? Like what Einstein said was mass affects the, the space around you. This just 100% proves it. Like without a doubt that the, the size of the mass of, or, you know, of the object is going to have more effect on the space around it. Yeah, I mean, and the Hubble in itself, just crazy what it was able to produce. Um, but now you're getting... You're you're looking back into the billions of years with JWST, what it's observing, and it's this is just the first set of images that's been released. And a month from now, we're going to be talking about this. I mean, this is something that is continuously breaking our minds and what what is observable. And I just it's so now, cool. did wasn't there some like uh, problems too not that long ago with like something froze on it and they were like they had to delay the photos so imagine what they could have gotten because like they weren't able to open up right away i think it was um dust i think dust hit the panels and caused a little bit of damage causing a few distortions in the images but um you know they're still able to take photos they're still able to get the infrared light out of it so I don't know. I mean, it's it's cool. You know, we're doing right now. I think if you're looking at humanity, if we were to, you know, continue doing what we did after the, you know, the Hubble uh, and continued our space exploration, I think we'd be better off than we are now. But this is a good step in the right direction. I think with this and the study of uh, dark matter that we were doing with the um, the CERN Hadon Particle Collider, right? you know, in five years, I think there's going to be some massive um, humanitarian type of uh, movement into more exploration, whether that be here on Earth, whether that be the sea or even the stars. I mean, it just I mean, you brought up the fact years. our technology is going to increase. I'm just throwing this out. Our next telescope that we put up there, that's going to even be better. Let's just take a vote and like Neil, name it Neil deGrasse Tyson telescope. That's that's all I ask. He's kind of you know, overrated. Honestly, too, I was kind of confused looking at this, these images at first, and I'm sure you guys were noticing me just kind of staring in awe. I think it's because it's, it's a lot of them. This is going to sound kind of silly. I know, but this, it's a lot of emotions to process. It is like you're depressing and excited or you're depressed and excited at the same time. Like everything that you've ever done, everything that brings you joy functionally meaningless in the grand scheme of things right but at the same time so is all of your pain and regret and human cruelty all of that that means nothing is that a watch quote no (laughs) (laughs) yeah brought to you by apple apple no i this contains more life than we can even comprehend that we even know on photo yeah i I mean that's kind of in a nutshell what you're looking at and i think that's why it's this is something that has and i hate to put it this way this is something that has um went viral right normally images of space don't go viral but the jwst has put something out that is bringing together so there's aliens in it there's aliens it's instantly viral 
Well, it's not even the 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 alien concept behind it. What it is is this is proof, right? And now I, I know what we said. There's four percent of the human species that says space doesn't exist or whatever, um, which is stupid. <laughs> stupid. Oh, by the way, I saw an article that the Earth has now surpassed eight billion people. So good job, Earth. You're still sustaining, you know, somewhat eight billion people. Good on you. Um, where was I going with this? I don't know. Um, it doesn't matter. Let's have a drink. Yeah. I mean, since we're on the topic of, you know, crazy and mind blowing and somewhat space, um, have you guys ever heard of the Coral Castle? It's, uh, near Miami, right? Yeah. It's down there in Florida near you. Do you guys know about the Coral Castle? Cause it is also absolutely mind blowing. I definitely want to know more about it. Um, I it, so it's something that's popped up on my radar recently, but it's something that I want to go look at. It's definitely pretty cool. So I mean, it's not necessarily a castle, right? So this this gentleman who who moved from Latvia, um, his name is if I can freaking find it, Edward Ed- Lee Edward. Spalman. Yes, yes. This man by himself, I might add, you singular, single person, uh, moved. 2 million tons of bedrock by himself to form these massive and mega in modern day megalithic structures in Florida. No one's really ever heard of this. I did not know about this until this week. Uh, and I'm kind of like upset. I didn't, uh, but he pretty much came out and said that and this was in the 1940s and fifties that he himself has unlocked how the ancient Egyptians were able to move massive stones right so you can go on here take a picture look, take looks looks at it there's there's giant you know saturn rocks giant ones that look like the moon um but he has absolutely blown my mind because there was one his gate alone was 19 tons and a five-year-old could push it with their hand because it sat on a perfect pivot on a ball bearing where it would rotate and you could open this massive door and walk through into his park and see all these megalithic structures that he built by himself because he quote unquote unlocked the technology that the Egyptians did and he did this all by himself and I mean some of these structures like the obelisk alone is 40 feet tall he made a telescope out of stone out of stone so this was 1,100 short tons, and for our non-American listeners, that is close to a million kilograms of oolite limestone. Now, I'm reading on it, uh, according to the Wikipedia for Edward Le- uh, Letzkalian. Mm-hmm. Um let's see, he moved it on his own, and he usually replied with, I understand the laws of weight and leverage, and I know the secrets of people who built the pyramids, referring to, of course, the Great Pyramid of Giza. Some local residents later remembered that as school children, they had field trips to the construction site of the future Coral Castle, and Leed Scullion uh, personally explained manual methods of his work. However, in the 1920s, the structure with an assortment of sculpted stones was located in Florida City. Then, in the mid-1930s, he hired a truck driver to move it to its present location. So he had it built and then removed. Yes. Um, and then not, re- not removed, but moved. It, moved them and re-erected it himself. I, and I think that. what blew my mind. If you know, there's no way. Yeah, he had an erection. Massive. That's why he put the obelisk there. Um, <laughs> but he, he did. 
by himself and, and people were kind of like no there's no way but i guess a school a bunch of school children peeped over the wall and he would work mostly at night not during the day and they watched him do it by himself using pretty much a tripod and then this black box that he claimed was like magnetic capabilities that he unlocked from the ancient egyptians to help move this rock What's crazier yet, right, is he's a, um, he's basically saying that um, this magnetic effect cured his tubercul tuberculosis. Fuck, I'm drunk. Tuberculosis. Tuberc yeah, that word. When he was 26 <laughs> years old. Um, re reading into it, though, um, he was eccentric and lived on an exclusive diet of only crackers and sardines. My man was living skinny. Um, yeah. In his later years, though, he did starve himself, and he, his, he died. His shit had to smell awful. Kidney infection. Yeah, no, his he died from a kidney infection. I'm surprised um, it wasn't mercury poisoning with that much sardines, though. What? I mean, isn't mercury kind of new to the no, ocean in that no, sense? No, no. Mercury's been around. It, it is a, a natural metal that forms. I mean, we have, have to remember... Uh, even one of the great original uh, emperors of China had a, in his tomb a river of mercury flowing around his tomb. So mercury has been around. It was used uh, early days in alchemy for helping with the, for all types of cures, but in reality it was actually poisoning whoever they gave it to because it's, 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 uh, it's a metal, so it's just in liquid form in our temperature and climate. Oh, I'll be damned. I remember playing in lead when I was a kid. That was fun. But I mean, what was it? He has in in this this coral area. I mean, he has the sun, the moon. There's a sun dial. You're able to see at a certain point when the equinoxes happen and the sun, the light comes through. Yeah, I mean, he has so in his living quarters, which is consists of eight foot high pieces of stone. Now this is oolite, which is known as oolitic uh, limestone. That's basically basically a sedimentary rock of coral fossils things like that shells um so if you dig deep enough on the beach you'll find it uh anyways so he was able to build a accurate sundial a polar telescope an obelisk a barbecue a waterfall a fountain celestial stars and planets numerous pieces of furniture and i mean he built everything from a heart-shaped table a table in the shape of florida which you know in the 19th very floridian of him that's a very Floridian of him. It's almost like Ohio and how everything people wear is from Ohio. Has Ohio what, on it. Dude, I'm walking around the malls down here and I can tell who's from Ohio because they'll let you know. Um, Go Buckeyes. Go Bucks. And they always make fun of people wearing Michigan's uh, hats. It's funny. Um, anyways, he made chairs resembling crescent moons, a bathtub, beds, and a throne out of this fucking stone. And you got to think about it. That is a million kilograms. That's that's fucking nuts. It's insane. And I mean, what's crazy, if you see the picture of the tripod he made, uh, it's from like three major, they're, they're pretty much the size of a telephone of Florida pine, right? Which isn't, it's pine. It's not very strong. But at the top no. of it, they have this black box that he claimed to be the magnetic invention that he discovered, rediscovered slash invented. Um, and it died with him. We have no idea how he did it because even with our modern technology, when we had to move and like the ball bearing seized up in the night in 1986 and we had to, you know, put a new one in, it took what? 16, one ton cranes, 16 of them to move it. What's even crazier yet is he spent 28 years 
28 years building this castle, and he refused anyone to view it while he worked. And there was a few teenagers that technically claimed, air quotes, claimed to witness his work, reporting that he has caused the blocks of coral to move in uh, basically hydrogen-like balloons, right? So he was basically, air quotes, floating these rocks. The only advanced tool that Ludiscalian spoke of, though, was of a perpetual motion holder, which is basic. Yeah, it's just... This is something that's just fucking nuts. It's not as cool as the JWST, but you know, it's so cool. It's nuts. It's something that you're like sitting here going, like, this was in you know, from 1920 all the way up into the 80s, and this man did it by himself and he came up with this technology. Like, why on earth? I mean, why would you hide this? Like, I get it, it's cool, but if you've said you unlocked this and you did this by yourself, why not share this technology with the world? Yeah, my, but and this is something he was that making I, money. But was he? Was yeah, he making and, money from this? Yeah, ten cents in Florida City and twenty-five cents in Homestead, giving tours, like per tour. I did Sent see though when he died, and they uh, went into his air quote castle. They did find um, a little bit of money, uh, like three thousand dollars worth of money. So I mean, he was nothing. Relatively yeah, pretty rich. <laughs> relatively you know he built his house out of stone and had three thousand dollars cash on him i wouldn't say rich especially by florida tastes well in 1981 uh levin who kind of took over the place uh sold the castle for one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. uh in today's standards that's close to about seven hundred thousand dollars which is still Still pretty Crazy. low. Yeah, I mean, think about how how large is, large is the the area? It's like a three it's a, a ten three acre, acre ten acre lot. Yeah, like I mean, that's... you got to think though. That's like forty two thousand dollars in today's money. Yeah. Right. So he found thirty five hundred dollars uh, U.S. Um, he made his income from conducting tours, selling pamphlets of various subjects, including magnetic currents, and the sale of portion of his ten acre property for the construction of the U.S. Route One. As he had no will, the castle became property of the closest living relative in the United States, a nephew from Michigan, fuck you, uh, named Harry. Fuck you, Harry. Again, we're trying to say, like, this man was living large, but again, $42,000 in today's standards, that's not even enough to buy a Tesla. Yeah, but $3,500 was enough to buy more than one house in 1950. True. You're, you're not wrong. Not wrong, but like... Did you, did you know in it, 1980... It was probably so expensive, he was like, I'm gonna build my home. Did you know in 1983 credit scores just became a thing? Yeah. So, how did how did our boomers buy houses? Uh-oh. Money, um, cash, things they saved up for. Yeah, I remember my grandmother made... talk and grandfather talking about how they bought their first ca- their first house right there in Huron, which we still have. Uh, he got done with dental school um, and had some money from our family and went over and just was driving. Long and they were gonna find the first town. Uh, poor Paul, his mic cut out. That's a shame. Did it? No, it didn't. Did it? It did. It did. Oh, well, either way, they just drove. He was driving, yeah, until they found a place they liked, and they just offered cash for a dental practice and a house. Like, I don't know. It's not fair. You sit back here and you're going like these motherfuckers were able to buy a house for cheap, buy a dental practice for cheap, and live quite lavishly. Agreed. Agreed. Do you know what could ruin all of that? What? Nukes. Oh, you're going to bring up the fucking the Florida thing? No, I'm Here's bringing the up thing. the New York thing. Oh, New York. That's right. I thought it was Florida. 
before we get into that, just to be clear, the average income for a family in 1950 was $3,300. Right. And you could live a year off of that. Make that in a month. Not even. Right. They, t- times disgusting. have changed. That's disgusting. But what I'm well, saying is, like, yes, you could get a house for $3,000 in 1940. But you were bringing in, you know, $2,500, $3,000, whereas today's median income is $60,000. So. Right. But even still, like, if you're looking at, I think the average cost of a house is like $190,000 or something like that. Right. And so even considering that, like, I mean, you were making in a year what your house would cost. Essentially. I think we're still getting away from the uh, like the mind blowingness of what he did. Regardless, like no one can, no one to, with today's science can figure out how this man did it, and he did. He claimed he, he he unlocked the great you know mystery of the ancient pyramids, and in most scholars' eyes, he fucking did it. Like how on earth could he? I mean, no one else claimed to help him. People claimed to have seen him doing it himself and do it using this you know mechanism, and. We never, the U.S. government never came in and said, hey, man, we need that technology. They did it with Tesla. They came in and stole, took all his shit, and we haven't heard from it since. You're telling me they never went in there and we're like, man, we need, we need this technology. Well, I'm sure if somebody actually spent some time looking into it, it's just a, a bunch of balancing acts. You know how you see, like, <sighs> yeah, I'll bring it in. You see, like, Asians balancing rocks and crazy shit. And that's yeah. the only, and I'm saying that because it's the only thing I see on TikTok. But, I, I think it's kind of the same method, just a balancing act of getting something from a small surface area to the next small surface area. You say that until they tried to replicate the photo of his, you know, pine, um, you know, whatever machine that he had to build it without his box. It destroyed and crumbled on one block. They tried to replicate it. Same chains, same maneuvers, everything in the photo with those, the, the, 40 foot tall pine tripod it crushed it so that's in we've tried we've tried to replicate it and it's no dude it doesn't it's not the same our technology now is not able to do what he did and figure it out maybe he had maybe it's the tuberculosis that it was aliens aliens did it i'm not saying it's aliens but it's aliens (laughs) anyways wait yeah have a drink we're going going to the killer we're going nuclear, guys. Um, and I've seen the comments on a lot of these videos, and it's usually a bunch of old people saying, yeah, who fucking cares? We we heard it. And then the reason why they're saying that is for our younger listeners, uh, the Cold War, you know, uh, during the Cold War, nuclear, um, you know, announcements, PSAs were mainstream, right? Hide under your desk at school type of deal. But um, New York... Out of all cities, because it's the major eastern coast city along the east coast, went ahead and put out a ad. It was a 90-second ad of what happens in the event a nuke is on its way here. So it's funny that you're bringing this up, because we actually had two listeners send us that exact question. Like, are we going to talk about what they released? So I guess shout out to Michelle from Pennsylvania and Jared from here in Columbus. But yeah, this we're going to get deep dive into this. Well, I would we put out that or New York put that out now, unless there was some type of warning, not warning, but like threat level that we don't know about. So 
realistically, right, in, in what was it, 2018, there was, tensions were high with North Korea. There was an accidental text sent out in Hawaii. You guys remember that? Where it um, said, no. take shelter now? No. Uh, oh, in 2018, there was an accidental um, emergency broadcast that was sent off through the text that said, take cover now. Um, there's missiles on its way type of deal, right? What? That, that happened to Hawaii, and everyone freaked out, right? Um, however, something like this, this is more or less just a PSA. So uh, two days ago, uh, July 2nd, and, and yeah, we're recording not on a Friday. Woo. Um, but two days ago, New York went ahead and released a little PSA of what to do in the event of a nuclear attack. And I, you know, great points. Yes, you should get inside immediately. If you are exposed to it, you should wash your clothes. You should wash your skin um, and everything you're but supposed to do, right? In all reality, if a nuclear warhead hit New York City, no yeah. one in a, what? It's like a five to 10 mile radius would survive. Um, like so, no one would. Yeah, no, uh, it was... I saw something like 13th to 52 would be completely leveled. Um, okay, so for instance, the outlet reported that Russia's SS-25 missile, its largest known nuclear weapon, would vaporize everything from West 30th Street to West 52nd Street and between 10th and 3rd Avenues. The blast away from the explosion would be felt from Bloomfield, New Jersey to JFK Airport. That's that's a long fucking distance. Um, however, getting inside and actually taking cover, even if that's the center of your building, the center of the house that you're in, uh, you do increase your chances of survival. If it de depends on where it hits, you know, minute. Like if you hit straight up downtown New York, like majority of the city would be absolutely vaporized. And and I'm not going to talk about the, like the scary side effects of that. I don't. I am. Anyone... It's terrifying. It, it is. But look, if it, there's any time for prepping, last week's episode I talked that I've had a fucking book of shit that I I may never have to use, but it's better to have if the internet goes out type of deal. Um, it's probably good to have two weeks worth of food, right? Um, so essentially, if a nuke was to go off and it's just one you're going to have about two weeks before you start having people coming to you. Um, so two weeks worth of food, that's a great fucking way to just live your life anyways in the event that anything goes off. I mean, let's be honest, right? You guys remember the beginning of the pandemic when they sent out the national broadcast, hey, stay indoors. It was a full closeout across the entire country. First two weeks of that was fucking people going crazy, right? Couldn't get toilet food. paper you could hold. The toilet paper, the breast milk, everything. You couldn't fucking get anything. It's really good to have two weeks worth of supplies. I think we can all agree on that. Um, but yeah, uh, going back to it, New York put this out. And I think we are getting close to that Cold War feeling. You know, nothing may happen, but it's better to be prepared. You know, right. um, you know, if you're a tin hat guy when it comes to, you know, that type of shit, have a drink with me because I'll have Which one right we now. we all are a little bit at a time. But, you know, look, the world's going to shit, but hey, at least we're still being able to observe, you know, trillions of light years away from here. That's pretty cool. Right, right. Do you think, okay, on that side topic, do you ever think that like 
if there was something watching us, they're just looking at us going like, look at these dumbasses. They're fighting over nothing. Um, it kind of reminds me of, we've talked about it before, Love Death Robots. I love that show so much. You remember, you remember the episode where, um, oh, who was the original Venom in Spider-Man 2? The guy that plays in that 70s show. Yeah, yeah. His name. You remember that episode where they have that old refrigerator and they're watching civilization like yes. go through time? And he gets yeah, he gets the sunburn because of the nuke. Yeah. 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 Anyone listening, if you've watched it, you know what exactly what I'm talking about. I yeah, I can see aliens doing that to us, being like, oh my God, just watching us through time. <laughs> like these guys are crazy. They're growing fast. Oh, they just had a nuclear warfare. War. Oh. I mean, a um, lot of people believe that we have kind of like set ourselves back and done a, um, you know, a start over, like a start button refresh. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I'm pretty sure, and this is me talking out of my ass again, what I'm saying, just don't hold it against me, please. Um, I have a good feeling that the smartest minds in the U.S., the smartest minds in China, India, even Russia, EU, they'll be fine. In the event of a nuclear war, they'll be fine, which means they'll have a better opportunity to build back better. If Oh, God, that hurt to say. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that really hurt to say. Um, you know, let's say everything fucking just right through the window, right? If you watch that episode, right, they had that nuclear war in the refrigerator. His eyebrows were blown off. And then immediately after, things started to rebuild. Uh, technology was able to take off. Scientific, um, you know, discoveries were able to take off. I think that's something that's definitely possible. Because if you, if you look at it, Darwin himself put it pretty well. You know, if you don't heed the warnings, you're probably going to die off. Right. I sent you guys the video just what two days ago of the dad that put his little girl on a scene line for a photo op. Dumbass. Like, like, motherfucker, you're wearing tight skinny jeans. You put your daughter on a seal. If you haven't seen this video, I don't know where you can find it. I'm pretty sure it's been removed at this point. So this guy puts his daughter on a sea lion to take a photo of it. A real sea lion. Wild sea lion, not at a a, a park, like just out there. And if that sea lion wanted to, would have ripped that girl's face off. A sea lion has a stronger bite than a fucking grizzly bear. And it's 100% guaranteed that bite is going to go septic. And he just put it on, put put her on the sea lion. People are stupid. And the sea lion didn't bite her, but gave her a warning. Get the fuck off of me or I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, wow, I, that blew my mind that he wasn't going to kill it. Uh, it'd be a different place. I'd have to find that video if that happened. But it's like people that put their kids on mooses. M- Mises. Oh, mess. Mises. All the Mises running around. Fucking nuts. Well, I think that what's, uh, there was a, uh, something I saw the other day. Like, we all hate, everyone hates Canadian geese, right? Mm-hmm. Did you know that, like, there's like, I think it was ridiculous. I think it was like 18 or like 15 people a year die from Canadian geese. I wouldn't be surprised. I've definitely stolen eggs from Canadian geeses, and they... No, you didn't steal eggs. No way. Well, no, it wasn't the geese. It was fucking, um... 
regardless of birds. Yeah, 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 it was birds next to the geese, and those geese were like, "Now nah, we'll fuck you up." Oh yeah, they'll hiss at you. Yeah, they're they're mean. They're mean as hell, but they are yeah. protected, sadly. Oh, yeah, no, it definitely wasn't geese eggs. No, but I do love. I okay, I don't want to say that, but everyone you here ever on this goose eggs, man, they're great. <laughs> no, you haven't. Um, are you not every... allowed to raise your own geese? No, they are protected under the Migrant Bird Act. And if you kill a goose, you can be fined. If you mess with their eggs, unless you are licensed, you can be fined. They are protected, sadly, because uh, I hate them too. I hate if it flies, it dies. Everyone on here knows I hate birds. And one, I, 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 I'm not gonna say it was funny, but I laughed. Have you ever seen the videos where golfers are sitting there just hitting golf balls, and a geese like walk across and they just dome one? I have. Yeah, we need more of those geese gone. Oof. Yeah, well, those are protected, Paul. And like I've said, I've never had a geese egg. But if I was to have a geese egg, they're not that great. I'm I'm sure of it. <laughs> they're mainly yolk, if I could imagine. It wasn't fertilized yet, huh? Actually, I don't know what the fuck my buddy's been giving me, but he's been giving me eggs that are like four times the size of a normal fucking egg. And I'm I'm like thirty percent sure he he said those are goose eggs, and I I'm not sure what to believe anymore. Oh, I hope they're not geese eggs. Oh they, god, they might be ostriches. No, ostriches are huge. They're the size of your head, man. Yeah, no, and it's all yolk. Yeah, they're huge. Very hard to open. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't oh, think it's an ostrich. I don't know. I have no maybe, idea. Maybe he has emu. Emus, sorry, emu eggs are smaller but far, very large, and like people have them as pets, and they can raise them. Yeah, no, that guy, he's he's a cool dude though. He has uh, he has a cool farm. Was this who I think it is that you work with? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, yeah, I I would be terrified because that's a fucking dinosaur. Like, I yeah, would no. never want to have one as a pet. We've gone over that too. Like, hey Logan, no question for you. Yeah. So let's say you get so let's put this into perspective, right? It takes 130 seconds for a nuke to be making landfall from Russia, right? In 118 seconds, roughly, the U.S. knows about it. In about 90 seconds, you'll have an alert to your phone. You have 90 seconds after you view your phone. What are you going to do? In the event of that happening, do you, A, run closer to where the impact site is <laughs> expected to be at, or B, take cover? Bend over and kiss your ass goodbye. Um, I mean, you're screwed either way, so can that not be a situation that I have to make a choice? No, um, honestly, I probably just take cover and, and hope for the best, because whether I go closer or I take cover, I'm probably going to die either way, so I might as well take cover and see what my chances are. Yeah, I'd probably grab my closest loved ones and spend that amount of time with them and just wait for it. Wait for it I to mean, happen. I'd probably want to see it happen, though, realistically. Just knowing well, me. We're all from the Midwest. We'd, we'd go outside and watch <laughs> it like, we see tornadoes. This ain't nothing. It's some crazy lightning out there tonight, John. Come look at this. <laughs> Come look at this lightning, John. This shit's crazy. <laughs> oh my god, my skin's peeling off. I have yep. no idea. It smells like roast turkey out here. And uh, then there was a couple of years ago, didn't they release? I mean, 
I don't know if it was a couple of years. It might have been a long time ago where they released like the top ten highest targets that if we were to go to war with a nuclear country, that would be you know expected to be hit. And Columbus, Ohio, was like number nine. Yeah, uh, I swear to God, no, that is, it's well, Columbus is on it because of uh, something about our nuclear power and something about our food distribution. Yeah, you have so Logan's gonna look up the list. I'm sure, but oh, he's um, doing it already. I know you have New York as like number two, Washington D.C. as number one because take out the control. government. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know you have Florida, Orlando as a major um, civilian type of uh, attack. Um, well, not only that, but it would also encompass um, a lot of the military bases that are stationed here in the um, in Florida. You have a lot of Air Force bases here, um, but yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's a scary topic. I mean, now you know, kind of know how, I, in, a, in a small aspect of how it felt to kind of grow up during the world, the Cold War, because like both my parents grew up during the time of, um, you know, watching the that show with the turtle, like Duck and Cover. You guys oh, ever yeah. see that? Yeah. Duck and Cover. Yeah, like that. That was they showed this to children. Like, what's it? Oh, when a nuclear is going to happen, get underneath your desk because that's going to help. I'm I'm telling you what though, the boomers have no idea. They don't have any idea because not only are our kids now having to train for nuclear warfare, but they also have to train for school shootings. Oh, I know, right? Isn't it a sad reality that we live in? Technology is getting better, but civilization is getting worse. Well, I think that's, and I've, and we've talked about it. We've talked about how kids and their instant access to the world is detrimental to their Health. intelligence and health. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... We talked about us going to idiocracy. We're just all getting stupid about a day. He punched me in the balls. <laughs> it's got electrolytes. It's got yeah. electrolytes. We we got to feed the corn with electrolytes. It's got electrolytes. It's what the plants crave. <laughs> Did you find anything on that, Logan? No, I didn't. But I do know Columbus is one of them. Yeah. Because of the power grid. Power grid, that's what it was. It was something along those lines. Pretty sure um, there's what... Tennessee or Kentucky is because of major uh, telecommunication lines running through them. They were up there. But um, like, but but we've talked this before. Like, why would they want to just directly nuke when you could just do a high pulse, like an EMP, and then completely fry your communication lines and your, you know, everything really, like everything with electrical. Could you imagine the state of anarchy that would unfold in the event of an EMP that takes out? The eastern and western seaboard. Be fucking no, nuts. Because we freaked out over COVID and had to fight over toilet paper rolls. So I can only imagine people would be going. It would be like the purge. People would be making their own little communes and communities. And it, or like, um, what is that show? Um, the Walking Dead, where it wouldn't be us fighting like something else. It'd be us fighting amongst ourselves. The governor. The governor. Hear that, DeSantis? No, I'm kidding. I'm, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now he's never coming on. Damn it. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. Uh, hey, Paul. Yeah. How that? How that competition go? Competition. Or what? The drawing thing. Oh well, we we haven't done the live yet, but we have a a bunch of fucking you know 
uh, gear. I even got some cool shirts that are like the the breathable Under Armour. They're fantastic. I'm not gonna lie, I put one on. So I washed it. So whoever gets it, you get to have a little bit of me with you. Um, but we got that. We got backpack and magnets and stickers and sweaters and leggings. A girl bought leggings. We got leggings. Um, so we're setting up when we do our live. We'll probably do it off of either you know Twitch or TikTok or something, one of our social media platforms, and we'll do a live. I just want to let you know that um, it was me that bought the leggings. They're I knew it. <laughs> They're very comfortable. That explains that drunk discussion logo on your ass. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys. Crotch, okay, get it right. The crotch. It's on, it's on the crotch. I, I, I designed it specifically so the beer can was split in your cooch. I bought uh, it cycling. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to Drunk Discussions Podcast. I think this was a great one. I'm fucking hammered. Uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, you can shove those concerns right up your pipe hole. But you can email us at drunkscussion.crew at gmail.com or visit us on Facebook and message us there. Please be tuned into it, man. Send us your questions. We'd love to talk about them. Add them into each week. Uh, what you got, Logan? If you are in my spin class, please don't comment on the Drunk Discussions logo on my ass. <laughs> Very nice. And with that, guys, y'all have a great day, morning, or night. Uh, wait, day, Bob morning, bye, peace, bye, blast. Blast.